Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. So another thing that you said was that, you know, you drowned yourself in in drinking and and other things. What was it like? Like, okay, you know that you did it. You know what you've learned from it now. Mm-hmm. What would you do differently if you had the option to go back? Ask for help when I needed it. And what does that I take? I was so like, ego-driven. Can you just that, ask for help? Yeah, just I was so ego-driven about everything. You know, I wish I would have just asked for help on so many cases. When I had that DUI and my car got all messed up, I remember having to go to the place to get my car fixed. And somehow in my insurance, I didn't have rental insurance or something. And it was like going to cost me, I don't know what. And to Uber was going to be a nightmare. At that point, I had gone on disability from work and I was off for three months. And I remember I had to ask my psychiatrist for help. I had to ask my therapist for help. I had to ask this guy that was like fixing my car for help. Like, I finally had to understand you can't do this on your own. You need help. So if there's anything I regret before I chose all the times that I drank and I smoked and I did dumb shit. I just wish I would have asked somebody for help and not gone about it the way that I did. What, does that, what does that look like? Like, cause when I hear you speaking, it's like, it's, it sounds super easy. It's like, Oh, you go off. That's for help. It's like, you know, you go through a drive through and you're like, I'll have the number one of help, please. Or, is there something that you physically got to do? Because when you're in that situation, at least for me, I, for me, I did the same thing, but I always hear stories of people that don't know how to like, so how, how do you do it? How do you ask for help? I mean, there's all different kinds of ways. Um, like for me, ultimately I had to surrender, you know, to like my higher power. So I had to really come to terms with the fact that like, I had to finally accept some kind of guidance. So as soon as I accepted it, at least on a spiritual path, and I started to at least start to want to talk to something, anything, like I said, if it was a universe, a star, whatever, I mean, I would focus on something. And I kind of started to have like a little bit of the conversation in the yoga community. I started to like, you know, talk to other people that were there too, you know, and try to see like, oh, what brought you to do yoga? A lot of the reasons why people are doing a lot of these kind of holistic approaches, some kind of trauma has brought them there. So I found a string of people that have been through divorce and like through my yoga community and stuff. So then I started talking to them and like taking them out for coffee and trying to feel a vibe of like how they got to where they got in their lives. And then um, I checked my insurance, you know, cause I had a really good, I worked for a huge company and I had really good insurance. So when I saw that they covered also um, therapy and stuff like that, then it was kind of like a no brainer for me to really kind of start um, asking for help. Um, so it just kind of created like a chain, you know, and I just started to like, I had just had to be more vulnerable, you know, and I could think the more vulnerable I started to become help just started to like show up. And then before I know it, I got into when I first walked into the behavioral center, they make you write a letter to the psychiatrist before you get to see him. And you have to write him a letter of why you're there. And I remember I was crying hysterically and like, they sat me in this weird room and gave me this notepad with a thing and with a pen and was like, okay, write him you know what it is and I remember I was like writing frivolously like I can't even tell you one word that I wrote on that thing not one not one 
And I remember I handed it to him and I waited a few minutes and he calls me into his office. And I, I walk in there a mess. I had a hoodie on. You could barely see me, huge sunglasses, crying. You were, you were that hoodie walking into the light? Was that the, yes, yes. I was in that total hoodie. I, was, I sat on his couch and I was like, I remember I was like looking at him with his face and he's like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to be saved. And he was like, what do you want to be saved from? And he's like, are you going to hurt yourself? And I was like, I just stayed quiet. And he's like, have you tried to hurt yourself? And I said, quiet. And I said, I didn't try. I said, but the thoughts are now a process. So I started to think of things more deeply because I didn't care. I didn't, was like, hmm, so what happens if I do turn the car this way? What happens if I do jump off this cliff? It was like dumb shit that I started allowing myself to go. And he looks at me and he goes, well, based on what you've written me, he's like, you don't need to be saved. You need to get sober. And he threw the paper back at me. Oof. I looked at him and I was like, what? And when I read what I wrote, everything was fear-based and everything was me crying for help saying, I don't know what to do. All I know to do is to drink. And then that's when the help really stepped in. And he was like, okay, I can show you something different. And he did, you know, he just kind of gave me like, but still my self-work is truly what got me to where I am. That just gave me the nudge that I needed. So I only did that for a few months, maybe three months. And then I knew I had what it takes if I continued this lifestyle, this pillar system that I like to call it, that I created more and more and more and more every single day, no days off, no weekends, no holidays, doesn't matter. You're walking on Christmas, you're doing yoga and Thanksgiving, you're meditating every single, like it just became who I am. And it, just and then little by little that divorce just didn't define me it didn't diminish me it developed me I turned into somebody that was so much um resilient I was just was so much stronger I had so much more courage you know and I did it and now I love it I love the tribe that I have I love the gratitude that I show so many people that came through for me that stepped up that's why I always tell my clients and I tell my friends, I'm like, pull up because I am here. It does not make sense until it comes full circle. So however I can help anybody, even pick up the phone, you know, assist, get on the internet, just anybody. There's so many people that are willing to sober coach you, to guide you, to, you know, get you right. Even if you start on the physical sense, if you have to get a trainer, but start somewhere because I needed to align my mind, body, and spirit. So it wasn't like one was trumping the other one. I lost 50 pounds because I got my head right. I never once dieted. It wasn't about that. I wasn't gorging on a pizza every single night. I was eating because I was miserable and I was drinking and I was just like not, you know, I, I wasn't in a, like a healthy uh, routine, you know, and that's ultimately. But I tell people like I lost weight when I let go of shit as crazy as that sounds, but that's how much I was holding on to. So it was through that process of anger, of letting go of those resentments of, you know, that it just started to shed. And I mean, shed, I woke up one day and I was like, damn, like, <laughs> uh, she's back. Yeah, she is back. She is back. She is back. And she ain't leaving. And that's it. And this is where I stand, you know, just in full gratitude because the journey is nothing but remarkable. There's not a day that I wouldn't do different. There's not a walk I wouldn't change, a cry. Um, my greatest experience, and I'll probably leave you with this, was I went on this one walk when I moved from Dana Point to Laguna Beach. It was my first apartment alone. 
I just signed the lease. I had a bottle of tequila waiting for me at home that I thought was a way to celebrate my new accomplishment. And right when I was going to crack it, I had already gone through my psychiatrist. I had already known that I was, you know, showing signs and something told me, don't drink it, get out and go walk. And I went on this walk and there was a little caminito that just out of nowhere. I don't know what it led to, whatever. And I was really up on this like high canyon. I cut through this little thing. And I started to cry and cry. And I mean, cry, like sob, like my, my chest was killing me. I had ache. I was like, oh my God, this is like horrible. So I, I leaned down and I had my hands like this and I was like sobbing. And all of a sudden I felt a hand hit me on the shoulder and I turned around and it was this older man, like seventies. I have no idea where he came from. I have no idea where he walked up. I didn't hear him. I didn't see nothing. I just felt the hand and I jolted and I looked and I see this guy and he goes, I'm so sorry. He's like, I didn't mean to startle you. And I look at him with his face and I mean, I'm full crying. And I, and I look at him with his face and he goes, don't cry. He's like, you're looking the wrong way. He goes, look, and he makes me turn around. And when I looked, it was the most incredible sunset I've ever seen in my entire life. It was like every color under the sun, every, like, I mean, it was a moment that just took me away. And I turned around when he was gone. And I never saw him again. I don't know where he walked out of. I don't know what that physical being was. But at that moment, I laced up my shoes. I ran home. I didn't even know where I was going, but I made it home, walked into my new apartment, opened that bottle of tequila, dumped it out. And I've never opened a drink ever since. So I've been sober 26 months. You can do it. You will do it if you really just, you know, own it. And that's my final aha of like my journey because it really gave me back my sanity. It gave me back my serenity. It made me understand that, you know, I I, I did it. I, I, I got to the, the real ribbon of my truth and, and I tackled it. So my story. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I keep hearing over and over again is is responsible. Like every every single uh breakthrough that you've shared with us and like I just I see how responsible you've been to yourself, like to your your temple. You know, your mind, your body and your soul. Yeah. And it, and it really is those three things that but man, you got to get your head right. You do. Without a body weight, I know so many people that are at the perfect weight and their homes are perfect and they're a mess. And you don't have it's like that's that's what controls the whole thing your mind, your mind, and your breath. To me, breath like now, I'm a huge fan of breath work, huge, it's one of my top pillars. It is just I've guided so many people and clients and good people just by really understanding like the power of the breath. You can get the breath and the mind to like, like I said, like when, when it all finally changed for me is when I spoke to myself and I didn't fight with myself it was when I changed the conversation, the self-talk, I got, gave up the self-critic. I gave myself that ounce of love. I mean, I just, that's really what it was. And that's what I was lacking. And that's what my marriage was lacking. I didn't love myself. How was I going to love you? Yeah. You know. Say more about breath so that people can understand it. Because I, I get it conceptually. But when you say breath, because it's super important, how do you describe that for you? So breath really is just, it's it's in alignment of everything. It's your it's it's exactly where your, your emotion really sits is in your breath. So a lot of us have 
a lot of different ways that we process. We breathe through our mouths, which is one of the worst ways. Um, the whole way is like an ujjayi breath is really what I try to use the most. It's the, so the kind of yoga that I do is vinyasa because it's breath to movement. So the way that you flow into that yoga sequence is every single movement requires a breath in order for you to like hit the pose and this and that. So I started to understand that that really is the motor, you know, that, that, that keeps me going. So when I allow those moments of anxiety, when I allow motion, and again, it's good anxiety and bad anxiety. You know what I mean? I'm an anxious person. I just can go zero to hundred real quick, you know? So like for me, like I always tell my clients, like, how you introduce yourself to the world every morning makes a huge difference in the outcome of your day. You are the type of person that as soon as you open your eyes, you reach for your phone, you set that tone for the rest of your day. I open my eyes and before my feet touch the floor, I've taken 10 deep breaths. I've written three things that I'm most grateful for. And I've done like some type of like small meditation before I come out and say, hi world, you know? So that breath for me is, is, is this, it's, the real portal to my light, you know, it's, it's, it's where my soul, you know, sits. And a lot of people don't know it. They don't know how to control it. They don't know how to regulate it. They don't understand the importance of it. So we do a lot of things on a day-to-day basis in our activities that we're <laughs> whatever, whatever the case is, you know, so to give this lung space, some TLC is huge because it will help align your digestive system. It'll help align, you know, the oxygen and carbon dioxide that goes in and out of your brain. So from the scientific purposes to the real like benefits of it, it's, it's the one thing I wish I would have done a lot sooner in the very beginning. Like I didn't really get introduced to breath work a lot later in my journey. And now with my clients, I introduce it almost spot on. Because that ultimately will help you with meditation. It'll help you with yoga. It'll help you with walking. It's just, it really does like, even with the masks now, you know, like if I didn't learn the Ujjayi breath. So Ujjayi is when you like, you know, you can do like a six count inhale um, or you'll breathe into your nose for six, you hold it for four, you exhale for eight, but you do it all within your nose. There's a breath of joy too, which I love. And you like, so you hold your hands up and you go and you let it go. So it's like three parts and then you let it go. So if you're in a moment where you're about to jump on a Zoom, you're about to anything, like you do a couple of those. And again, it's better than smoking a cigarette. It's better than pouring a drink. It's just new method that you can be you know, flexible with. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.